0: Because I wanted to please my parents and please everyone, I had that devout Catholic. I would go to church every Sunday, and I would do confessions every Saturday. I'd do the rosaries on my knees for like an hour, an hour and a half, almost daily. Because of this thing that I wanted to be, I even thought like maybe I should go to the convent, be really holy, and be in that world so that kind of everyone knew like, oh, she's a good girl. My mom can be proud that she's a good girl.
1: This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Spaklu. As we're getting closer to Thanksgiving, I would like to open up this episode by reading a couple of verses from Psalm 95, and I'm going to read from verses 1 to 6. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods, in whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountains are His also. The sea is His, for it was He who made it. and His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker." And just a couple of verses to begin meditating of what can we give the Lord thanks for, not only on Thanksgiving Day, but on our daily basis. And as I <laughs> begin this episode, I also would like to introduce my guest for the day, and it is Landreis, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> uh Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Mm. And are you ready for Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Are are there any, like, family traditions uh, uh, with you? What what are some of the things that you guys do for Thanksgiving? Yeah, usually um,
0: my family from all over California and Nevada would come to one house. Um, But since most of my siblings and my cousins are kind of throughout the country now— Has changed? It's changed a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my brother is um, now in the Army, mm-hmm. and so he's living in Virginia, so it's, sometimes we don't get to see him, so it mm-hmm. kind of sucks. But we have big Filipino families always get together, so it's, like, 30
1: of us in one house. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow, big family? Yeah. So that means lots of food, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, lots of Filipino food. Is that, you like, even a big thing, idea? too? Like, oh, what yeah. are
1: some of the typical dishes that you guys
0: have? Um. So, like, typical Filipinos do, like, a lot of stews.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And then, uh, like, glass noodles called pancette. Or, like, everyone's, I think, very popular is called lumpia, which is, like, Filipino egg rolls. Okay, Things like that. A lot of, yeah, stews and fried stuff.
1: Yeah, fried. Fried (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Well, it's honestly, it's so tasty. Like, anything fried is always so good. But (laughs) uh, what a joy just to have you here. I've heard many great things about you, so... (laughs) So (laughs) I trust my friends and um, yeah, just like, I just want everyone to get to know you, get to um, also know about the work of the Lord in your own life. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, I know that you have a Bible verse for us today. So if you could just read that for us.
0: So it's from Matthew 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted.
1: Let's begin by introducing yourself um, and just telling us a little bit about your childhood and your family. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Okay. <laughs> just like. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up in California, Southern California, um, Koreatown, LA area. And like I said earlier, my family's a, like we're a big family. Filipinos tend to be have big families. <laughs> um, but I grew up with two brothers and one sister. Um, both, both my parents, and uh, we grew up in a Catholic home. Family is like a huge thing uh, for culturally, and then um, and so I was all about the family life. Mm-hmm. Still am, just yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just growing up, I figured that as a Catholic, growing up, I had to you know honor my parents um, through everything that we did, and so it, it kind of grilled to me that I had to be like the most obedient daughter. Mm-hmm. For my parents to be happy and so that the Lord will be happy. So it was kinda like that interconnection thing. Yeah. And so I was always the goody t shoes, not really, but just like for works and just to yeah. look good and and so um yeah, my family was uh was always important to me, but also I just wanted their approval kind of thing. I kinda felt like I always had to be like like the ideal model. Of how an oldest sister should be, mm-hmm. I am the oldest of the the um of the three. It was always different as well, mm-hmm. and so I was kind of the yeah, outcast already before I was like a Christian. I guess something later on in the years, um, I which could be in the story too, that I found out that my um, my father, who I grew up with was actually my stepfather. Mm. And for about 23 years, I thought he was my biological father. And so I met my biological father like 2017. Wow. And just recently, recently, yeah. Wow. (laughs) And I realized I had nine other siblings, half siblings. And so technically I'm the only child, Mm -hmm. but I have like 12 other half siblings.
1: Wow.
0: And so... In terms
1: of family, I've met a lot more More family. You find out in 2017 that the one whom you thought was your father, your biological father, is not your bio- biological father, but it's your stepfather. Yeah. And how was your reaction to this? What, how did you respond to, to this news? Because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> At one time,
0: actually, um, my mother and I were kind of, and like, we were arguing about something. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was engaged. And uh, one of the things that I didn't know about, because um, I guess my parents didn't teach me or they didn't really show me that um, getting the parents a blessing was a, was a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think my mom and I were trying to figure out, like, I was trying to explain to her, like, you know, I've never learned or you've never shared about how dad proposed to you. And um, later on, she was like, you know, you already know. And I was like, what do you mean you already know? Because like, I've asked a few times when I was younger. But I felt really bad because my, my dad, who I grew up with, is an amazing father. Yeah. Um, but when you, when you have that feeling, it's like you already know. Mm-hmm. And um, so my mom just plainly said it. Yeah, your father is in the Philippines. Your real father is in the Philippines. It was more of like a confirmation, but also I was um, just becoming like a believer at that time. And so like, I feel like it would have been a lot worse Mm -hmm. had I didn't know who Christ was and it had a huge impact because forgiveness was a huge thing I had to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that, because of knowing Christ, um, I had a chance to forgive my mother.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it wasn't as devastating, but I think it would have been yeah. had not I become like, had I didn't know Christ at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so let's backtrack a little bit about <laughs> um, your, so you're growing up with a, a very devout Catholic family, I guess. Anything that is practiced within the Catholic Church that was part of your life growing up? Yeah, yeah. Well, what was that like for you? Like, what were some of the some of the things that were taught to you, right? As a Catholic?
0: Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because my family were very culturally Catholic, mm-hmm. so they didn't really. I don't. I don't think they really knew exactly what it was, um, other than like how traditionally it was, you just go uh, church Sundays, and um, because I wanted to please my parents and please everyone. I had that devout Catholic. I would go to church every Sunday and I would do confessions every Saturday, like telling the priest to forgive me (laughs) and things like that. And then I would do the rosaries on my knees for like an hour, an hour and a half, almost daily. And um, because of this Thing that I needed or I wanted to be um I even thought like maybe I should go to the convent and um be really holy and be in that world so that um kind of everyone knew like oh she's a good girl mm-hmm. like oh her mom like my mom can be proud that she's a good girl
1: so you wanted to become a nun
0: I did because I thought that was the way to go wow <laughs> I and thought I was, oh, yeah
1: how did you get to that conclusion how did you feel that uh, this is what I I'm. I'm gonna do this because. What made you decide that?
0: Yeah, um, I was in high school, and a few of my friends um, were talking about joining the convent as well. And because um, we would do like Bible studies every Thursday, and um, we would just hang out together, and then I think it's just being surrounded by people who are really, really devoted as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they convinced me or anything. I think it was just like a neat thing to do. Yeah. To to like sacrifice your life. It's, right, it's to sacrifice yeah. your life so um
1: you could be right with God. Yeah. And what were some of the requirements to be common on?
0: So actually um one of the things like you had to be confirmed. I think it's one of the it has been a long time. Um so what yeah, one of like um going through baptism, reconciliation, taking communion, and then, like, when you're older and you're teens, they, like, you're confirmed into the Catholic Church, and then once that happens, you can choose either get married or join the convent, Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: so it's basically just um, from what I understood last, like, long time ago, it's just, like, you're pure, and you've done all of your prayers, you know all of the prayers by heart, Mm -hmm. you um, do the whole practice already that, like, from dusk till dawn, you're praying, and, um and you're just doing uh, the task of just living a life in the church mm-hmm. and um and so that was from what I remember. Mm-hmm. um I had like the the number to the convent to have an interview, wow, and it um for some odd reason, I think it just hit me like maybe I don't want to be <laughs> and then yeah. and I was still a Catholic then, and I was just like, maybe I just want to sing or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if I wanted to like um be a therapist or a, or a um, high school counselor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. maybe I don't really want to be an And it kind of just it came and like it came and gone kind oh. of thing.
1: So and it was so. just something that it just changed in your mind like no, I don't.
0: Yeah because yeah. I felt like to just nothing against being like obviously single for the rest of your life, yeah. but it was more of like I have to stay in the church slaving away thinking that it's more of a sacrifice to just have a sacrifice not like a loving way of doing things Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and so like as a teen you're like no i want to live my own life Mm -hmm. i want to venture out just thinking about going to another state and changing your life i was like maybe it's not so bad yeah california is not that bad Mm -hmm. maybe there's something that you know there can be something more yeah and when i was like, in high school, because I was, like, fresh out of high school is going to go to the convent. Yeah. But a lot of things happened between those times, which is another part of me saying no to the Catholic Church.
1: And what happens then after you, after high school? So before
0: I left high school, um, there was, like, some dark times Mm -hmm. where I was clinically depressed I was told I was clinically depressed and suicidal. And so because of that, um, I actually went to a rehab for a couple of weeks. And then my mom brought me to a priest and tried to, like, me telling him that, oh, I almost killed myself. And it was the most hurtful thing. He's like, you know, you're very selfish for thinking that. Why would you do that? And I think that was a huge reason why I decided to, like, maybe the convent isn't for me if this is how the judgment is mm. and, how you, and how you look at it. And it's like, I made a mistake. I was hurt. And to, like, have someone who is supposed, from from my standpoint, was supposed to, like, be loving, caring, because we call him father kind of thing. He should be a little more kind mm-hmm. at, at some point. When I graduated, I was accepted to Cal Baptist University, um, which is in Riverside. I lived on campus, and the gospel was fed to me almost daily. Um, Still had no recollection because I was still like, I'm still Catholic. I'm never going to leave the Catholic Church my first semester at Cal Baptist. I was like, nope, not going to do it. And I know the seed was planted there because um, I was— I had no sense of direction because of I just came out of like the whole depression side. Just I had a lot of identity issues, and so um, my freshman year in college, when everyone says like God has a purpose for your like for your life, I was like, "What is it? I can't find it." I wanted to leave it. I was already done in high school. My professor's uh, choir director because I was in the choir. They're very supportive and just trying to walk through, like, just walking through, like, maybe the Lord has something that you, what is your desire, kind of thing. So it was very vague for me because I was only there for a semester. Mm. I was still trying to figure life out, as we all are all the time. Um, and I was a nursing major, still in the mentality of, I wanna please my mom, I wanna please my parents. I want to, my family to be proud of me. I hated pre-med, pre-nursing. <laughs> and so I quit after the first semester. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not for me. I don't yeah. think this is for me. I don't like seeing blood or dead bodies. <laughs> or It's not appealing to me. So you, you don't like nursing? Yeah. Right? It took one semester for me to realize I don't like blood. I don't like dead bodies or things like that. And so, yeah, I got out of that after one semester. <laughs> I realized, like, yes, it's not for me. Yeah. Even if I tried to, I really did it to please my parents and please my family. And what was
1: their reaction when you
0: made the decision? Oh,
1: man. Um So
0: I made a decision to become a music performance major. They took out their funds. And so my mom said, um, you can't pay off these loans being a singer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, they took out their funds, and I had to go to school myself. Um, I went to LACC and did it on my own. Mm-hmm. No help or really support from my family, mm-hmm. uh, my parents. I mean, they support me performing as singing and, you know, um, but in terms of a career, not, not quite. And so it was kind of hard. I mean, I remember, like, praying with my professor, kind of scared to death, trying to, like, how am I going to tell my parents I don't want to be an Earth? And I did not expect them to do that. But then at the
1: same time, I was like, I kind of did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so yeah. it, was, it was hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, well, for those of you who have not heard Landre singing – she will be singing an original today to <laughs> at the end of the episode. So we will be able to hear her beautiful voice and she will be playing the guitar. But what happens then after you decide to go to vocal school? What is life like? Um.
0: So I did a two year program mm-hmm. and I had to play catch up with everybody. Most of the students there have been playing and have been practicing or learning for their whole lives. I worked really hard. During those two years, I met many friends. My first Christian friend tried to invite me to church, mm-hmm. um, but my parents were like, maybe not, <laughs> kind of thing, because um, I just had to move back home with them. And mm-hmm. and so working in the—like, being, being a student and just trying to catch up to everyone, mm-hmm. um, I felt very, like, proud— <laughs> had to do things on my own and because yeah I I felt like I really did. During that time I met I, I did say I met a friend. Um we became really close friends and uh we we actually started dating after a couple of years of just being friends to a point where we were kind of serious. And his pastor I actually told him like, well, if she thinks she's a believer, she should go to a local church. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't so open to it just because I was, I don't know, I think I was just living my life. But living you were my, not yeah. a believer at this no. time. I was, okay. I was kind of like going back and forth to where I was. Okay. And so like at Cal, at Cal Baptist, yeah, I did say like the seed is planted. And I was like, maybe I do want a relationship, but maybe I don't. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted to do things my way because everything mm-hmm. was just, I just had to do it my own. During the time we were dating, um I went to a church in Koreatown. Um, It was a small church plant. It was really close to where I lived. And the pastor there was a TMS grad, which I didn't know what that meant back then. (laughs) Mm. But he was going through the Beatitudes.
2: Mm.
0: And so um, I think everyone was so welcoming. Everyone was so nice. I believe, like, the very first time I went there, I met um, one of the girls. She had, like— three daughters and she's so friendly. And I was like, maybe I want to learn from her or something. The thing was like, that's when I first heard of what God's love really meant. Cause I, my whole life, I thought that I had to earn it
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I had to work really hard for it. And so that's why like depression came in because I never felt good enough for anyone. Never felt like I was enough. Uh, just remembering or just hearing about what it means that God gave His Son, and you know, in kind Catholic of like schools, yeah, sure they tell them that. They don't. They don't really explain what grace is and what mercy is. And I never felt like I belonged anywhere, but. Um, that church really helped me felt like home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um and so during that time of being in a relationship, trying to figure out how it is to be in a relationship, even as a non-believer, and then to a like a believer. I still had that mentality of, I need to be this person so he doesn't leave me, mm. um, or I need to be this type of person so they won't think ill of me. Eventually, uh, we got engaged, and again, the whole thinking of I have to be someone yeah. that to like fit into this relationship so I won't so it won't fail. During that six month period of being in that church. Um, our relationship ended due to, like, um, just idolatry with each other and just wanting to, like, hurry up in life and hurry up in a marriage life. We acted like we were married, but we were just dating. And so we broke up that engagement. And then, unfortunately, that church um, disbanded. My mom told me about my dad, Mm -hmm. um, that I shared earlier, um, that—and then— they were, my parents were actually also going through, like, a divorce season. They thought mm-hmm. they were going to get a divorce. And at that moment, I was like, God, like, everything is happening in two months' time. Mm-hmm. I feel, mm-hmm. I felt very abandoned. I felt broken. Um, but remembering, like, verses, like, Romans eight twenty eight, or just seeking God's kingdom, Um knowing that my identity can be in Christ, um, it made me realize that all of the people that I love so dear, that I worked so hard for to get an approval from, did not matter. God's love is more perfect than anything. I kept searching for this kind of approval from people who are not perfect. And I'm not perfect. I definitely did not live up to the expectations that I wanted to. But I kept remembering that God's love for me and and for those who really wanted to have the life um, and just a, a life of, of being in Christ. Yeah, so just remembering all the sermons that we've gone through, um, knowing that uh, Christ uh, bought me the price or um, just— wanting to live a life that it's not of this world anymore. Um, Granted, it didn't, like, change my situation. (laughs) It didn't change my circumstances one bit. But what it did, it gave me a a heart of, uh, like, a a heart to understand and and to know that there is a plan or there is a reason why people had to leave. There's a reason why my relationship didn't work. It's because Christ is there. It was all I ever needed. Putting your faith into people or just in your own self or just status of what you think, you know, you're a different identity every time. Yeah. But knowing that Christ has died for us and and knowing that just his grace and mercy each day, um, it helped me to understand that it's okay to forgive it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to um, just go through the storm. And the Lord allows that to happen so you can go to him and to cling to him. Mm-hmm. And I never clinged so hard to anything. And I thought I was clinging on to these relationships that was so perfect, which was not. Mm-hmm. And I felt so much peace, even though there was still turmoil every day for like years <laughs> mm. but you know god is always faithful taught me how to forgive and just to love because he've loved us and he's forgiven those who believe as well so
1: and at what point in your life do you feel that um that your life it was not based on works it's not based on anything that you can do because Clearly, yeah. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> nothing that you try to do or anything that you try to do really worked for you. Yeah. Trying to place in your parents, trying to be a moral person. Mm-hmm. When is it that the Lord finally opens up your heart and makes you see that you are a sinner Yeah. and you need to repent?
0: Yeah. I think it really happened when... Um... When I had no, when I realized I had no control, mm. I had to learn humility in a different way. I had to see and really mourn for the sins that I thought that I that I had of self righteousness, of just being very superficial. Um, even though I didn't know I was being superficial. <laughs> yeah, at the point where. Um, yeah, when everything was just going crazy in terms of like all my parents and relationships and that was when I realized like I can't control this and I need to let it go Yeah, because I thought I could handle it and so yeah it all happened during that time and so I just um, I took a step back I do a lot of self like analyzing and but more on uh, just reading the word more and seeing God's character through all the Gospels mm-hmm. and then just understanding that without Christ, it's empty. Mm-hmm. The works that you do, if it's not for Christ or it's, if it's something to build you up, build myself up, it wasn't really worth it anymore. All the things that I thought I had to do, I had to be a professor here at this time, and I have to work at this, keep cycling back. It's a never-ending growth because mm-hmm. we tend to come back to our sins sometimes. Um, our old habits die hard kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the Lord sanctifying us. And when we realize that, um, oh, I'm stressing out because I want this certain way, I shouldn't really be stressing out. Yeah. Just do what you can, the best as you can, kind of type. Because I always thought that I had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I'll, during that time, it was just a lot of growing in humility, um, knowing that I can't do anything apart from Christ, and I can't, um, I can't just call it as it is in terms of like, as if I say I'll do it, I'll do it. God can totally change your plan in an instant, no matter how many times you plan, no matter how many times you work hard, God can change your heart, can your circumstances mm-hmm. for his glory and ultimately for our good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so just even knowing the fact that it's for our good and to glorify him, it's just understanding that it's not about you and that's how we learn and that's how we can see that our efforts are pointless if it's not yeah. with Christ so yeah and
1: to know also that we we can be that perfect person that we want to be because <laughs> that's why Christ had to die in that yeah. place because he was the only one who was able to live a perfect life. But it's because of Christ's perfect life and sacrifice at the cross. Yes. And that is why he had to die yeah. in that place. Um, and so, looking back at your life how it used to be before, and looking now at the life that Christ has given you, how do you feel that the Lord has changed your life? You know, how do you feel that? Your life has changed since Christ.
0: Yeah. um, I don't doubt my identity anymore. Um, That's a huge part. I mean, I think that before then I was just always trying to be somebody else Mm -hmm. or be someone that everyone liked. But knowing that I am a daughter of Christ and um, I I do things for him and not for me, I find joy in serving Him, and and all the all of my goals and plans are pretty much geared towards how to serve Him more. Mm-hmm. Not perfectly, mm-hmm. but the huge difference was just having joy in my life. Um, I always felt that I had to do something to make myself happy. Like, yeah, the huge difference was that just knowing who I am not because of what I've done but God has created me in different ways as everyone else has to be used for his purpose to be to be used to glorify him it's yeah. in, and I'm no longer the center of who I thought I want to be yeah but because Christ is living in me would love to just serve him till forever <laughs> yeah and so that was a huge part of just being different uh, from, from back then and now.
1: And how about your family? Um, where are they standing now with you and and Christ? And, yeah. What is life like for mom <laughs> and dad? <laughs> um, at first,
0: it was a huge, difficult transition. They're not believers, and they kind of didn't understand why. I became a Christian. My family, like I said earlier, they're all about togetherness, and if one is out, it's kind of like I disown them or they disown me, but it was I mean it's not like I don't ever see them. Um, but it was difficult trying to decline um events or parties that I don't feel comfortable going. Yeah. Um, my family are super okay with drinking. And partying, like, the world. And sometimes I, I can't watch. I can't mm-hmm. sit there. I can't condone things. And at a point, they think that because I don't um, join them, It's it kind of gives them a message that I don't love them because I'm not of them, among them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, the beginning of the, me becoming a Christian was very difficult. It's still difficult today. Um, But I think my parents have come to terms with it a little more. A lot of you've changed. I don't know who you are anymore. Um, I didn't raise you this way. We have a relationship now. I felt like growing up, because I had to please her so much, my mom and my family, more of my mom, (laughs) Um, I had to be super fake and just smile my way through. Mm -hmm. But I had to learn how to communicate with her. Communicate what the gospel is, um, although she doesn't understand it. I say that I have a communicating relationship, that I can actually talk to her and be open with her. Still honor her in the way that most Filipino cultures don't really talk. Mm-hmm. And thinking that if you had something else to say, it's like, or something different from the norm, you're weird. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be the weird one, sure, um, as long as you can hear the gospel. But I'm so glad that we can we can actually talk. Mm-hmm. And I can say, like, I'm upset with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. To even say I'm sorry to my mom. Um, yeah, so it's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, uh- It's just the Bible says, you know, that the word of God is like foolishness to the world, right? Yeah. And that's how (laughs) we come across for many people that they are crazy. I mean, in fact, growing up in Dominican Republic, anyone who proclaimed to be an evangelical, Mm. it would be like, oh, there comes the, the crazy people. Don't talk to them because they're crazy. Yeah. You can't talk to them. They're crazy. And that's like the mentality, you know, like. You know what? If we have to be seen as crazy for the world, so be it. We can't stop proclaiming God's word in Christ crucified, you know? And that's like what we are commanded to do, to share the gospel, not to just stand here and, you know, live our lives like Christ didn't die on the cross, you know? It's like, no, we want the world to know. And that's the reason why we're doing even yeah. this podcast, right? Just hearing um, the 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 life of every believer, how the Lord changed them, how the Lord brought them to repentance, to understand that there is nothing good in us, there is no one good, and the Bible clearly says it. And I love that. And EWG, we're going through the book of uh, the book of Acts, mm-hmm. and I just love Peter's confidence. This is the man that. He denied Christ three times. He doubted when Jesus asked him to walk in the water with him because he doubted he started like drowning, right? Sinking in the water. And it's like now this is in, in the book of Acts. He is a man who is standing confidence and telling the Israelites, you know, Jesus, that same Jesus, we're, we're doing all of these things, these miracles and wonders and signs We're doing it in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The same Jesus that you crucified on the cross. And just like to see how he's preaching the gospel. And and even when they're trying to stop them, like, if you don't stop preaching, we're, you know, like, we're, we're going to put them in jail. Yeah. Right. And they did. They put them in jail because they're saying, like, no, I'm sorry, but we can't stop talking about what we have seen and what we have heard. Right. And, you know, for us, we have it very easy. There are other people around the world that they're. You know, being persecuted, killed, and because they're trying to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. So even with our family, there will be challenging times, and um, they will be against us. But you know what? That's why Christ has given us His church, yeah. which is our family, and that we are here for one another. You know, so so some of the ministries that you're you have been able to be serving. So if you can just tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm a part of uh, a Bible study. Um, at Grace Church um, in USC GOC mm-hmm. and so I'm part of staff there um, so I'm like a small group leader I help in music um, and then also for Crossroads mm-hmm. um, for music as well mm-hmm. um, and so in the in the Bible study at USC um, so right now just um, discipling some of the girls there and even outside of GOC mm-hmm. um, that's the ministry that I'm Trying to pursue more. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like I had no idea I was going to do this ever. <laughs> but the Lord does change his hearts. And yeah. um, it's been super encouraging just mm-hmm. to be a part of specifically college students. Because I know I had identity issues there. Mm-hmm. It's like it'd be, it, w- it would have been really great to have someone mm-hmm. with me and kind of guiding me. Um, when I was that young. Yeah. Um, and so the Lord has felt like it's just, it's so easy to just fall off without some help. Yeah. And so um, I i love college ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been, it's only been about a couple of years now. Yeah. And so it's been really great.
1: But isn't it amazing how yeah. <laughs> you, when you were in college and you began college, you having all this identity issues, you're having a tough time. Yeah. And now its it's been reversed. The Lord reversed the, <laughs> yeah. whole, the whole thing, right? So now he's using you to encourage other young girls who probably are going through the same thing. You know, so how amazing it is that we go through trials so that we ourselves are able to comfort those through the word of God, you yeah. know, People who are going through similar situations, isn't it? It's, it's isn't amazing.
0: amazing. I, yeah. like I said, I, I had no idea this was something that I would love to do. I had no idea um, how just to see how God's been working in their lives. And even you know, for me, I'm just like, wow, oh, this Lord is so good. It's amazing what God does. Yeah. And you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. All you can really focus on is your problem now. Mm-hmm. But Knowing that Christ can do so much more mm-hmm. and how He can change that and use you after all of that. It's my it's my So yeah.
1: <laughs> in the midst of everything that is happening now and everything that the Lord has done in your own life and quarantine and <laughs> all <laughs> these things happening around the world, what are three things that you are thankful for and you praise God for? in your your own life? I'm just still, I'm just very grateful for
0: just more opportunities that even though we're still in quarantine, there's still like Zoom calls and at church, we can actually go to church and still have that um, fellowship. Um, I I work um, at Grace To You Mm -hmm. and I have callers almost every day saying, I wish I can go to church or praise the Lord for Pastor John for letting like having a stand and all these things and I've a lot of people would just cry and say I just miss church yeah. and I'm so grateful and not take it lightly um, grateful that we can still meet yeah. and still have fellowship that's a huge blessing I'm grateful for where I work yeah. <laughs> um, it's I think I, I started working about three months ago. Wow. Not that long. And just being around more believers and and um, we all have the same mindset of who we're serving and, and just serving people across the country. Yeah. Just trying to figure things out. And um, I'm also just grateful for the trials that we've been. It's different. This year, no one ever thought that this would ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to learn how to adapt, have to learn how to stand firm in the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, yeah, every trial is—I say this with an open hand. <laughs> every trial is welcome
1: fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's
0: it's good to learn, and it's good to, to see what God is going to do in your life and how— You're going to, how you're going to just move along with Christ and with fellow believers. No one's ever gone through this before. Yeah. And you're not alone in learning how to maneuver all these face masks and social (laughs) distancing and is it real or things like that. (laughs) And so those are things that, you know, the Lord has been teaching and I'm just very grateful for them.
1: Londres, thank you so much for really opening your heart, letting us um, navigate through your own journey in this life and how the Lord, like I always, I I always love saying this, like how the Lord brought you out of darkness into light. To hear that the Lord is still at work. He never stops working in our hearts and it's not that the Lord is taking too long to right. come back. He's just waiting for those hearts, you know, to finally repent and come to him and bow down to him and proclaim his name. Friends, now I am very excited for this last part as we are ending this episode because Lindres is going to sing an original song for us. And it's called Amazing Love.
2: Thank you. From my sinful desires
1: Of ordinary people with extraordinary lives. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so I grew up learning, knowing that it was like holy spirit raise your hand manifestations you know a lot of like spiritualism but as i saw stuff falling apart in my old church and i i just got tired i got very tired and i started to read the bible more i started to get involved myself more kind of left abruptly i just i literally ran away i called my mom like i'm done i'm not coming here anymore it's over how it's great